it can be i guess you can liken it to sort of like a, a nuclear fallout after a bomb going off you know as far as like when I, I felt like i was irradiated when i you heard it here <laughs> first Welcome to Glasshouse Games and our review show Reflections. I am Alex CG. I'm here with Sam. Hello. And Alex P. Hello. And today we're going to be reflecting on a Disco Elysium from Zaum, if that's how you say it. I'm not exactly sure if I'm pronouncing Zaum. that right. <laughs> Zaum. There's meaning to that later. We can get into that. Um, if you're new to Reflections, this is how it works. We've all played the game and we're going to talk about our individual experiences. They may include spoilers. In fact, they definitely will I include spoilers. I think this game spoilers. will definitely 100% include <laughs> <Includes> spoilers. <Yeah. laughs> um, at the end of the uh, video, we will give a verdict. Each panelist will rate it on a scale of love, like, dislike, hate, and okay. We'll put that into our magic algorithm, and that will determine what Glasshouse Games thinks about the game. So without further ado, Disco Elysium. Quite a big game this last year. I'm really sad it took me so long to play it. Because I think it would have affected our discussion of uh, games of 2019. Yeah. But uh, just quick background. So Disco Elysium won four awards, the Game Awards. Got uh, Best RPG, Best Indie Game, Best Narrative, and also f Freshest Indie <laughs> Game. So but Best and Freshest. Fresh. It, wasn't even, uh, <laughs> it wasn't even nominated for Game of the Year. The yeah, Awards, well, that's, that's really an interesting strange. omission. So Disco Elysium, um, a game set in the, a unique universe um, taking place in the city of Revachol, that's how you pronounce <laughs> it, good. in the borough of uh, Martinet. Uh, you wake up after a drunken bender, um, not remembering who you are, and you're told that you're a police officer having to solve a murder. The game is sort of set in the cast of classic CRPGs with a lot of visual kind of callbacks to the Baldur's Gates and yeah. Planescape Torments of back in the day. Um, but also, and I guess we'll discuss this, has a lot of elements of maybe point-and-click adventure mm -hmm. games and stuff like that. So maybe I just wanted to start out asking both of you, in terms of coming into it, what did you come into this game with? Have you been a big CRPG gamer in the past? Have you, you know, or, or adventure games, either one of the... Yeah, for kind like, of. yeah, I mean, like, I've played loads of CRPGs. I think the CRPG being a computer, computer RPG. RPG. <laughs> it's uh, I mean, that's basically just when they brought tabletop stuff yeah. into games and they yeah. still used a lot of the same systems, right? Yeah. Like, that's but I guess specifically, it's sort of like it's a translation or an attempt to translate tabletop or Dungeons and Dragons mechanics yeah. into a computer game. Yeah. It, not as like an RPG game would be where there's maybe more action or 3D or whatever mm. kind of related to going through this overworld. But. Yeah. So, but I, uh, yeah. I came, um, so I've played a lot of CRPGs and I think like particularly back in the day, I think it's funny because like they've had a quite a big revival in the last few years. Mm. And I think I've played two CRPGs that I liked ever and of the of the oh, of okay. this revival the two that i the two i've enjoyed <laughs> I, I like all the classics but like of the two what would that you consider the classics so like baldur's gate yeah. baldur's gate 2 like planescape yeah. Neverwinter um, nights oh Neverwinter nights yeah. yeah um but um i think the but the two of the revival that have held up that i really enjoyed were weirdly the ones that feel least like classic crpgs and that is divinity original sin 2 mm. which i think is fantastic and the other one is one that i think is criminally underrated mm. but i think is most relevant here is um 
uh, Tides of Numenera. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Yep. And the reason I bring that one up is because similar to Disco Elysium, I don't think it's as much of a like ad- point and click adventure necessarily, but it's extremely narrative focused, and you can get through the whole game without. There is combat in that, but you can get through the whole game without combat, which I did. Mm. And it feels relevant to this because it's like. I, I guess what I, I realized is I don't fucking, and I never did like the combat in CRPGs. Yeah, and that's yeah. why RPGs have become morphed away from that. And you now have really elaborate stuff like The Witcher yeah. and things. Yeah. And well, like, it's a good comparison. I mean, because one of the biggest uh, draws that people have shown, and, and the developer, uh, Robert Kurvitz, the writer, has talked about a lot, is Planescape Torment. Yeah. And Chris uh, Avalon is its yeah. uh, writing style and how that helped inspire uh, the game a bit. But uh, Avalon has a special, has a very special, special things in the credits. Actually, is it? Yeah. I didn't even see that. So, what about yourself in terms of CRPGs and kind of a background? Uh, yeah, similarly uh, to Sam, I played a lot um, of like the classics. I guess uh, kind of when I had my first, when I had like my first PC of my own, mm. <laughs> those were a lot of the games that I um, dropped a lot of. P- time into i think even to a point where i was like probably spent as much time reading through the manuals that were yeah. like books yeah <laughs> as i did actually back, back in games. when games came in like, yeah it came in a box yeah. like... uh i mean i specifically remember the Baldur's gate manual being like a novel <laughs> and uh re- just reading through that kind of instead of playing the game sometimes because i think i had never uh when i was whatever 13 or something like that i had never really played tabletop games so i was yeah. it was like this whole this is your world, window into yeah, that, that yeah. i was uh um learning um and then there was yeah a big old dearth i guess whether they were still coming out or not i don't know but it was games that i was not playing and then there has been that kind of revival um which i haven't really been able to jump into i think not because i haven't wanted to but like i played the divinity original sin and i really enjoyed that that one felt a little bit more um combat oriented as far as like the The, think, the think, wacky things you could do in combat, which I really enjoyed. I think Original Sin 2 gets closer to actually more of a narrative emphasis mm. and does a lot of interesting narrative things. Uh, and then stuff like Pillars of Eternity. Yeah. Um, oh, God, but, uh, that game is dreary. <laughs> uh, I, didn't, I didn't get around to playing Tides of Numeria or stuff like Tyranny, mm. um, which looked really interesting as far as like... I haven't played Tyranny. Yeah. Um, well, it's an interesting question. I mean, I bring it up partially because it's a bit of a contradiction for the game, in my opinion, because I came into it also with that idea. I mean, they, they made it look and feel like an updated, you yeah, know, and I'm, yeah. I'm the same. I've, I grew up playing Baldur's Gate, Baldur's Gate 2, Planescape Torment, Icewind Dale, Neverwinter Nights, all these games. Yeah. But uh, I skipped kind of this modern era, so I haven't actually played right. New, a Numenera. I haven't played Divinity Original Sin, any of these. So this was, I was coming back into it and thinking like, wow, I mean, even just the, the dialogue boxes, it looks like it is evoking that whole, you know, feeling. But then when you play the game, and, and I know we'll get into this, it's, it, it's interesting because it, it has all of the, you know, influence and inheritance of the idea of what those, the potential of those games yeah. at, in terms of narrative. But in terms of actually playing the game, it kind of is, it's kind of like a point and click adventure game and you don't end up, there's there's actually no combat. A point and click there's, adventure game that also has a fair amount of systems behind sure, it. Sure, sure. And, and I know that as well, we'll break that down, but I mean just in the sense of, you know, even combat is essentially a dialogue puzzle. Yeah. 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 You know, so that, and I, that kind of threw me for a loop and in, and in terms of what I've seen, the split of people who really enjoy the game and who don't enjoy the game. I'm not going to blame people for not enjoying it, mm-hmm. but I will say there does seem to be an expectations thing that I almost feel might've hurt the game in the way that they advertise mm-hmm. and made it look. And they say, yeah, this is a 60 hour open world RPG. Yeah. And I was like, well, it's kind of more like a 30 hour 
point and click adventure game, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, which, yeah. which maybe if you were a bit more honest, you wouldn't have ruffled as many feathers. Yeah. But I want to talk about the setting of this yeah. game. So you, you wake up in this disgusting, filthy room. Can I, can I talk yeah, about yes. the opening of the game? Yeah, actually. yeah, let's, let's hear um, how did you deal with the whole narrative of waking up? Because, um, so this is the thing, like, so everyone, like all the reviews and stuff and all the opinion I saw on Twitter, with the exception of Ennis McKendrick, and he talked about, he didn't, he didn't spell it out, but he did talk about the game actually it has some like heavy stuff going on. But everyone talked about how wacky and quirky and all this really? it was. <laughs> everyone just, all everyone was talking about was the funny shit. Mm. Oh, right. So I went into it thinking it was, I had this expectation it was this Jazz zany. <laughs> yeah, of. like I went in expecting this, which it has moments of, but well, this is something we'll have to get really break down further because this is sort of my tension with the game. But I went into it expecting that. And literally, I nearly didn't play it at all because those first 10 minutes were like cutting so close to the bone. Mm. Like, mm. I mean, I mean, without getting too heavy with it, like being in those experience of disassociation and suicidal ideation, yeah. like that game like starts with that stuff. Yeah. And that's our, I mean... I don't think it does it crassly necessarily, but it is a really fucking heavy place. Yeah. I mean, basically, the opening of the game is, do you want to exist, is the first question mm. posited to the player. And that's mm. some, like, and but, but the way it's framed is like, I mean, I don't know if this is how intentional and stuff, but like, it's, like I say, it cut very close to women, like hearing voices and mm. stuff, and you're having these things and these thoughts, and particularly after, like, because you're basically playing through the aftermath of an episode. Mm. Yeah. And it's like, and yeah, it just cuts very close to home. And I think... There's empathy in that that evolves um, when you, I think, like, I, the thing that made me stick with the game and I found really, like, like I had tears in my eyes was um, after playing through that and you go downstairs and you meet um, Kim for the first time. Mm. And I picked, I played as the empathy cop mm. and I had that reading of... Um, of picking up on something and in, and it said to the it goes oh you don't know why but you think you know that this guy you can depend on him and he'll look out for you and he'll you know jump in front of bullets for you and i don't know like that was really like nice and like that made me stick out it was like like okay there's some really heavy shit and they really front load it in a way that i found really uncomfortable but it seems like there is like real empathy and mm. care here but I have very complicated feelings that we'll get into. Yeah. That. But yeah, just like with the opening, it's just, it was so heavy and no one talked about it. None of the marketing prepared yeah. me for that. And I think that is one thing that I will say that I, I feel that actually they should have done a better job actually mm. is front. There's no, like there is no content warnings of yeah. front. Mm. Given just how heavy and provocative that material is, it's really, I mean, I guess for some people, it, like, but like I say, and I think this was an interesting thing because a lot of people took all the joking stuff mm. and I'm and talking about those voices in your head, I think people see it as like this quirky, jokey yeah. thing. And I'm not sure how the developers come down on it, but for me, I was like, this was a really disturbing and upsetting game most of the oh, time. Yeah. I didn't, I wasn't like, it I, wasn't I, a comedy the way most people described it. And I found that very off-putting. And I, like I say, the game didn't necessarily in any of its marketing place an expectation actually that no. fuck this is gonna get into some heavy shit well i think like, that's a good point that even before you get to the setting it sets it up as this the very first scene is an internal battle with yourself mm. struggling you know to even wake up to do you want to exist do you feel mm. like such a piece of shit and i do think and and obviously we'll, we'll talk more about it but i do think that there is 
of an, almost an injustice in the way that the community around this game does often center around the kind of the meme memeable yeah. moments, which are you know any good work of art, even the most tragic comic. I think Brecht, or one of these you know famous theorists, said that of like any good work of art should have elements of comedy in it. It should feel you have to laugh so as not to yeah. cry. But that that isn't the point of the game. You know those moments are almost like silver lining on the incredibly yeah. bleak it's universe. a little bit surprising hearing that this is kind of what the community has latched onto. and i mean i haven't yeah dived into that or even like the you know pre um whatever kind of hype or pre-talk about mm. the game being released uh, and what was people were going to latch onto because um i mean i had a uh an ex when i first started playing it and there was that in that intro like i was like I was just playing it because my daughter was napping. <laughs> and I was like, okay, yeah. I'm going to start this game. I uh, get it's my great headphones on and turn up and question turn up my the, existence. And then I was like, shit. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, but, and then, yes, I don't, I feel like the comedy in the game throughout is, is like almost a grounding. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like grounding you back into, all right, this is, this is a game. Don't like, it's uh, I mean, not even necessarily like grounding you back to a game, but grounding you so that it's not so fucking yeah. heavy. Uh, I do want to dissect the comedy a little bit. I'll wait until we get a bit more into it, because I have some really conflicted thoughts about mm. the tone of this game. Well, let's, 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 I keep, I'm trying to get there. Let's talk about the setting, because <laughs> yeah. I, I really, I, I really, really connected with the setting. Mm. I really like, you know, as soon as you get out of that room and you start interacting with characters, the, from the get-go, it's very clear that this is a world where all the characters are very fleshed out. Yeah, and and I think you could be forgiven for thinking based on some of the hype and some of the interviews and some of the you know discussion around this game that what you were going to get was kind of going to be this like socialist realist story that would be very heavy handed and mm -hmm. ham fisted. But I was actually really heartened that it wasn't that you know what it does is it takes all these archetypes, different kinds of characters from the whole range of. You know, there's these dock workers, there's the bartender, mm -hmm. there's the, the woman in the room next door, there's the, you know, the union head, there's the people in the shanty town south of, of the Martinet main area. Mm -hmm. Every single one of them, just on and every conversation that you have, has clear motivations. You can talk to them, you can ask them about their opinions about anything happening in the world. You can ask them about their personal beliefs, just their spiritual beliefs. And they're, and not, it, just, and it, they're not just encyclopedias. They're, that they're you're not. Reference. Some people don't give a shit about what you're exactly. trying to ask them, don't know, exactly. because it's not what their character would know. Yeah. Uh, like trying to go into the fritta with three T's and trying, like when yeah. you're first trying to figure out the world and the... Uh, the bubblegum, whatever, uh, clerk is Yeah, like, she doesn't give a shit like, about anything. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> I'm just reading a magazine or whatever. But I love, I just loved the, you know, the idea of this, this is this bombed out sort of forgotten corner of this universe that actually reminded me personally a lot of, ironically, of, of Spain, which is where I'm from on my father's side, where it has these sort of bombed out areas. There's buildings with bullets in the walls and nobody's done anything about them yeah. and there's, there's a big thing in terms of historical memory of the spanish civil war in spain of like areas that nobody's done anything about and they're just sitting there and you're like what what happened here they're like oh yeah you know a bunch of people got put up against the wall and shot there but you know nobody really knows what happened there or there's here's a building and it has a giant crater in it but uh there's no museum or anything to explain what it is so it's sort of you know the idea of this you slowly start unraveling the idea of this place that has had this brief glimmer of hope which I don't even think they idealize in and of itself, and then it fell, mm -hmm. and what happens in the aftermath of mm -hmm. that fall? So there, it's you're not in the moment of the the uprising or the the hopefulness. You're in the moment of everybody just trying to get on with their lives, 
some people holding on and some people it's it's such a know. it's such a rich setting i think yeah. one of the things that was so that that's one of the most engaging parts of the whole game was just how complete and dense it felt like yeah. They've they clearly thought about everything right down right down to all the visual stuff like the look of the game is great and the mm -hmm. look of that world like the just stuff that I love to nerd out over like the the motor the motor carriage mm -hmm. yeah like, just looks exquisite and so much of that world seems like so richly detailed and and that goes hand in hand with you know the characters I love the balance of like reality. Uh, of like our known universe mm. with this created universe mm. where it could have been very uh well i don't think it's gonna be easy to like say okay this game takes place in brooklyn or this takes mm. game takes place in spain or something like mm. that because then you've got to load it with all this historical realism mm. uh to match this but uh i really i really enjoyed learning about the world so much where like i after i got halfway through it was like shit should i have played like an encyclopedia cop because i want to like know that's all how about. i played the first time because um, <laughs> uh, i want to yeah know about i want to learn about this world because it is so rich and is so like absorbing and there's this i feel like this um this balance that was just so masterfully reached as far as like okay yeah, these are still humans these aren't aliens this isn't science fiction mm. this is alternate universe kind of another time and place but they still have like you know guns and steel and stuff mm. like this but they're all everything is not as we have it as no. we have it in our world uh and it was this this recognition of and um like i can relate to all of this i can relate to this world because it's just close enough to our world yeah. but it's still new and ex and fresh and like shit what's but how did this happen and like or mm. why is it like this or and not even asking these questions, but like realizing, oh, right, uh, this is like this because in this world, mm -hmm. um, this had happened or this, like these are how people interact with that. And it's Well, just... they have a lot of callbacks to real world like things. So yeah. you have this sort of interesting like Marxist revolutionary figure who ended up killing himself after a failed revolution in Grad, the Grad state. Yeah. And they have this sort of pseudo communist uh, symbol with the stars and the antlers and yeah. you have you know the, these different states like sur le clef and yeah. you know the orange and they all represent you know, there's the there's the moral intern which is a great name for these kind of like un international <laughs> yeah. bodies that have a, a very specific you know stake in a certain kind of neoliberal world order so it's just i mean and it's it's an rpg first and foremost but i think it almost because it isn't exactly like a classical rpg it almost reminded me of other kinds of stories i think we've talked many times about the expanse and other kinds mm. of universes where you can tell and through reading interviews that the Kurvitz and his group of people that zaum i mean they're they're calling it a cultural movement their <laughs> studio that they have been playing in this world yeah. for a decade a decade or more and and that gives it a richness and a groundedness that not even even some of the best written yeah rpgs don't have i think it shows specifically in that uh so, so many other games that have rich worlds, whatever, the Boulder's Gates and all of that. So many, so much of the lore or whatever is just our text dumps in books or yeah. uh, whatever. It's but there's not really, stuff. yeah, it's just <laughs> stuff that's like, oh, that exists and you could learn about it if you really care about, but it's not essential. But every, all of the lore uh, in Disco Elysium feels essential and it's delivered to you just naturally yeah uh and even if you miss out on some bits because you didn't have enough you know whatever points in uh perception or encyclopedia or whatever like you get you still get a side of the story that it means something to your to character you, yeah. 
because that's how you've built your character. I think I think the reason the world building works though, in the way that a lot the, the, the mistake, because I think I think particularly in recent years, there's been such an emphasis in games on lore. I mean, the fact that that has become a word for <laughs> this kind of world building, mm-hmm. I think. It's, and I, I know I feel I feel like it started started around Dark Souls, mm-hmm. which is hilarious to me because one of the wonderful things about Dark Souls is yeah, there's loads of lore, yeah, but there's so little of it as well, and there's all these blank spaces and there's all this gaps that you have to fill in. But the the, the interesting thing about Dark Souls' world building is it's motivated. It is about conveying a story to you. Yeah. And in the intervening time, games that have tried to do this stuff, like Destiny has lore, but it's just stuff. It's yeah. just stuff that fills out space. And the thing I like about Disco Elysium is every time you encounter a new piece of this world and setting, it is about telling you about this person and communicating ideas and narrative to you. It's not about just going, oh, yeah, that thing. Well, actually, that was founded by <laughs> Grognar back in yeah. whenever. Like, you don't, who gives a shit? Like, yeah. Everything in this, because that that was that was one of the one when you talk about it being natural. The point is, they don't tell you stuff unless it's like necessary, because like yeah, it wouldn't come up, and therefore we don't need to just fill you. You don't need to know. Yeah. I love that they don't front load any exposition as well. Is mm. is brilliant. We had the discussion about like <clears throat> exposition in our disco elite in our Death Stranding mm. um, review, and uh, it is funny that then this was like a game I played immediately afterwards. And they dump so much yeah. knowledge and story on you here, but it feels it never. It not, never feels I mean, like it never feels like that. exposition yeah. because you're picking these bits out yeah. from different people and different parts of the world and things that you see in there's the also, world. There's also a lot of like joining dots that happens in here. Like there's a lot that mm-hmm. isn't spelled out, and you're reading between the lines a lot of the time, and like. I just early on like you understand there's so much of the world that you understand more by how people react to certain pieces of information less than anyone actually spelling it out like yeah. and I, I like that a lot like, in that uh, sorry go ahead. no no well, I was gonna say I think that a lot of that comes from this uh, the the skill check system so you have the active and passive checks mm-hmm. and active checks feel like a lot of role playing games where yeah. you're like okay this is a I'm test I have this skill. Uh, and I like that line, by the way, if you talk to the dice maker in the doomed commercial area where she says there's something violent about dice rolls, you know, in any in any game, because she's she's making dice for okay. role players. But she's saying any any time you roll a dice, it's almost like another world dies because you failed to follow oh, right, this yeah. path. But I, I had that in mind throughout the game. But there's also the passive checks. And I think the passive checks introduce this interesting dynamic because instead of text dumps, instead of you just... The, convers- the conversations are interesting enough on their own anyway that I would love to, and I did, read them for minutes and 20 minutes at a time. But you also get these things where it's just the different parts of your consciousness, depending on what you've mm. put your points into, just sort of pinging you at different times. And it even gives you the option to reject thoughts as well. Yeah. So you're, yes. you're, you're walking and all of a sudden you, you put something Fuck on. Yeah, and it's like, ooh, you're, you're feeling kind of stylish. Like so, you, you kind of think you're maybe you're a rock star. And you're like, you know what? No. And you can just put it away so or that, you can follow that. That was one of that. the things actually in terms of how it depicted like mental health and stuff. Um, and I think it's such a fine line in a lot of games that do. It would have been very easy to like gamify yeah. mental illness. Yeah. yeah. And it very carefully doesn't... I think what it actually does is do a really good job for anyone that cares of depicting actually the process. Because, yeah, like you have all these thoughts and part of managing your mental illness is like managing them. And like, yeah, you some thought you have to reject and you go, no, no, can't open that door. Mm. Like... And I think without, but it doesn't, it doesn't undermine it because what I like is a lot of those decisions, like in fact, almost none of them come down to like, like managing his mental health 
never comes down to dice rolls. Yeah. You never just roll and it's... And I, th- I like... But equally, it doesn't make it simple. It's yeah. not about just, oh, you can just decide not yeah, to. It's, it, it's a really fine line that they walk of, like, understanding sort of, yeah. like And I and I feel like half the time, like, they, all the big challenges of the game are just about keeping this guy mm. from falling apart. And mm. I, I think that's a, and it's a really interesting conflict for a game to have and it's more yeah you're managing as conscious in all these different areas of and you get and you get really horrible dark horrible bits of you know like you have all these dark thoughts you know addiction and stuff that come out of it and did anyone try to play the game straight sober i have so that's that's i I feel like i have to this is where i have to admit that yeah i haven't finished the game yet (laughs) due to several several game breaking bugs that have lost me probably this well, hold on. Yeah, I've probably lost about like 10 hours of progress or something. I am so, so bad. We're talking about the bugs, but I'm actually interested in sort of um, the inspiration for your each of us yeah. character. Like, yeah. mm. because I definitely had once I was because uh, I played I played through the first 20 minutes and I was like, wait a minute, I'm going to and I rerolled and I was like, mm. this is a character I want to play. Um, uh, so which, what did you which was then like it changed for the game, which we'll talk about. But like I I I was. I specifically created a character and played through the first like um, good portion of the game with taking inspiration from Nicolas Cage's uh, Bad Lieutenant. Wow. Werner Herzog's, wow. Uh, Herzog's Bad Lieutenant. Port Call New Orleans. <laughs> um, okay. And uh, just like pumping electrochemistry and in Inland wow. Empire. Uh, wow. And, okay. uh, That's complete opposite it, of how I played. Because uh, well, I started, the first one I started like, yeah, I'm going to be a, <laughs> I'm gonna a be nerdy a, cop. A nerdy yeah. cop with a See, I, oh. big logic and rhetoric and encyclopedia. But then I was like getting and feeling the vibe of the world. I was like, shit. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm in a similar boat in terms of where I'm at in my life that I... I couldn't like the game was trying to like test me with things like, Oh, don't you want to like get some methamphetamines and do this? And I was like, no, I'm going to the Martinet NA meeting and I'm going to stay sober. And, but what I like is that the game, like get, we haven't talked about yet the thought cabinet. Yeah. So you get all these, you, you were talking about how it doesn't necessarily gamify the mental health, but what it does do is it gives you this interesting, almost like anti game skill tree where you can thoughts occur to you depending on the decisions you've made in the game and then you can choose to internalize them or not but the way you internalize them sometimes there's not even a clear benefit you know yeah. you, you see it and it's like well what will this do but you you find yourself like i think early on if you choose to look at the the dead body outside it's really hard to deal with and you'll get a volumetric shit compressor which is like when your your partner's like you need to get your shit together yeah. and you're like oh, I don't crap, get that that's yeah. interesting well so yeah maybe you pass you the check have, but you your shit together yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but no but it's interesting cuz then you get other ones like naturally i ended up getting the like like parodical just ridiculously transmogrified like communist cop character like mazovian social economics and that one even when like when you pass it when you internalize the thought you actually become your authority lessens you know when you like become (laughs) less your savoir faire i think goes down and each of these things like you find yourself wanting to see where the thought goes more to kind of figure out what will it allow me to do in this world rather than a min-maxing kind of thing yeah. of like, oh, if I do this, then I'll have this much sneak power. I mean, I got to the point where I was a, I did, so, I, I apologized so much sorry, that, I would get, that I would get like <laughs> points. I, sorry, I would, get, I would get like morale boosts <laughs> yeah, for, for like this like sadomasochistic. <laughs> and then I did, um, I got some of the weird like indirect taxation or one of these weird kind of neoliberal uh, feats where every time somebody like didn't buy my argument or something, I got 10 cents oh, of right. 10, 10, whatever they call them. Wow. So, Ray Al. 
Yeah, that's, that's, that's interesting because so you so you so you played as like you were you you but you role played as like just this trash cop who just yeah fuck but like who was yeah I mean who I mean have you seen the film it's yeah, very like yeah. kind of psychedelic and uh... so <coughs> I by contrast I played like I played so the class I picked like I picked the empathy I can't remember what it's exactly yeah, yeah. called but the the one that's it's all psyche your, is all the purple one yeah. yeah it's all about being able to read people and yeah. manage your own emotions mm. and. So, like, my character didn't even, like, once I started playing, it's almost like he isn't even a cop, really. Like, no. he's just in, he's just stuck in this. And the, and the thing, but he, but he, but I, but I liked that it didn't make that feel shit. Like, yeah. it's like, you're, sh- like, he's so shit at, like, reading crime scenes and stuff. But he's, <laughs> but just yeah. the intuition of reading people and being empathetic felt like, that's what this like for me that's became what the, like solving this crime was almost like whatever it was more about fuck actually caring about people and like rebuilding this guy's senses because an interesting choice at the beginning is to look in the mirror yeah the expression and, and the thing got we should i try and do and, that it's like- and, the, and the thing got like the the because of the skill check it was like no no don't look in the mirror you're not gonna like what you see so i've so far, as far as i've played Ooh. the portrait down the corner still is blurry mess. <laughs> oh wow and he has I made a big really... mistake with the with the expression thing because I really when the when you fall into the trap of trying to gamify certain threads and being like no 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 I need to pass that skill check I did all that stuff and I ended up shaving mm. off the sideburns and everything and I and, and Kim I didn't like it and I and, well I, <laughs> I shaved off the sideburns and I ended up not making I successfully like t- took away the expression that he makes. Mm. And then you're just so much more depressed. Like you look at your character portrait yeah. in the corner, and you're just like, "This is even even more broken." It's man. more depressed, but like less. Is this weird thing? Because I had a similar thing, which actually played part of my own character arc. Which maybe talk a little bit about that first. Like as these RPG elements, I thought were so strong, um, and like the effect that I felt like it had uh, on me is something that I never feel like I'd experienced in a game before. As far mm-hmm. as like my, I was trying to figure out how. Or why this was and i feel like it's a thing of that the decisions you're making and like how you're shaping your character or like how the decisions you're making that then they're affecting and shaping your character more than anything else so like in other rpg games sure like maybe you put a point in this and it's a very uh like um shallow effect on the world maybe you do a bit more extra damage with your sword mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. you can you're more likely to uh convince somebody uh, yeah. in or get you know get a discount at the at the vendor or whatever mm. but all of the decisions or whether it was how you put things into it how you talk to people it was more that as you were learning more about yourself as yeah. the game was going on uh and i you know i started the character as this you know wild superstar uh coked up cop or whatever um but then as i was like learning more about uh my character and more about the world and more about seeing like the effect that i was having on the world i started uh you know feeling an arc that didn't wasn't scripted at all like in other games like there's a character arc that's completely scripted by uh the writers of the game that's like okay this is what's happening to the character now Mm -hmm. feel it relate to it or don't whatever uh so yeah i mean i feel like i had inadvertently put my character through an arc that was not designed for me in any way but one that i had actually designed not even designed just experienced by uh through the world and it kind of comes back to uh even i think uh the gamification or lack of gamification of all these systems where you can be you can fail at everything 
and still beat the game and still get yeah. feedback from yeah. the world on yeah. how that is, uh, which I'd like. I mean, I was telling you before, Sam, um, how I didn't realize that you could save scum until yeah, much yeah. later in the game uh, because I had tried early on in the game and just by <laughs> grace of of uh, whatever I had rolled because it shows you the dice roll mm. and I had tried to save scum. I saw my dice roll and I was like, shit, I failed and I reloaded. I got the same exact dice roll twice in a row. I was like, oh yeah, you can't save scum. They mm. save the seed or whatever somehow. So I played through. That's great actually. Like 80%, 90% of the game not knowing that you could save scum and just accepting my failures oh, that's, in all the. I wish I, I, mean, wish I had done that. save scummed was when i was replaying through stuff or coming back from bugs that mm. was it it was just it was like i need to get back to where i was and yeah. i need to do it the way i was so i'm not learning anything new because i'm losing so much time here but other than that no i quite happily said i'm a failure because the game would just carry on and would just react like and that that's a big thing that i always <coughs> love in a game is like make failure interesting and yeah. give, give failure should have them in, in much the same way that storytelling is about characters fucking up right and the story continuing that has to be like games you know manifesting that and their mechanics and stuff is always I so did. well it does it's helped by the day system as well isn't it because yeah. you can fail something and then instead of feeling like you have to save scum you're like well i mean if i just give it till tomorrow or if i upgrade that skill later on it'll reset the check so actually maybe there's no need to it's interesting you, know. you were saying about art though because i i haven't finished the game yet but like i also feel that my character has an arc which is just this person like getting their shit together and actually going from this really like scared and like sorry person to actually building up agency and assertiveness and stuff mm. and like also almost like learning to be a cop all over again yeah. and like the friendship with like kim that i've had so far is like i think maybe my favorite thing of the game it's very yeah. tender we should talk it, about kim yeah. uh, in depth maybe a little when we get yeah a little bit later well, but what i was gonna say is that i do and this sort of intersects with the politics, but for me, what I really enjoy as well is that so many games, the, the reason a detective story or a cop character is often an interesting character to play, I don't think it's necessarily because in real life, cops are interesting people. I would say the opposite, actually. Mm -hmm. But it's more because it's the kind of character that gives you an excuse to be in lots of different kinds of places and do lots of different kinds of well, things actually, and ask people questions what and whatnot. But, but what, just before that, I just wanted to say that what I love about this game is that it does not take that position for granted. Mm. This isn't a world where you go in and they're like, oh, hey, it's a cop. You're part of this fragile militia mm. that is the, the outcropping of this failed sort of pseudo-revolution and every single character has a position on your that authority yeah. and you you feel it you know so even when you become this sort of like leftist character there's characters in the game who are like lifelong you know activists and revolutionaries and they look at you like you serious like you're so you're like this radical cop or something so wait you're gonna arrest me and then like talk about you know mazovian social theory or something <laughs> this makes no sense so i love that this is a world and i, I had this in my notes that like it doesn't you could you see Revachol, however you say it, Martinet is it's a it's a shithole in this and the characters say it's a shithole and they're sad they're depressed living there. But it's not just you know, you're not playing a game where it's like, and this is the ghetto, and that's what it is. Yeah. It's like you 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 have a conscious sense that it it was made to be that way and that everyone in there 
is sort of living the consequences of that. And when I first talked to, you know, the racist lorry driver, when it says racist lorry <laughs> driver, I was like, fuck yes. This game, it's name, it's not afraid to name these different positions. You talk to the loyalist old soldier who, you know, fought for the king who used to run the area before Rene. the revolution. I think that's his name. Yeah. The one playing Patank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, he's just like basically an out and out fascist kind of, and he's very open about that. So there's something about, you know, trying to have that character arc. And I, I became the sorry cop who had these like pseudo leftist tendencies, but I love that the game kind of threw that back at me mm -hmm. that I couldn't just be like, pat myself on the back for being like, I'm, I'm a nice person. And I try and help yeah, people is like, it would Oh, congratulations. Me. You try and help people. This is how you're perceived. But I think, I think one of the interesting know? things about that and you bring up being like a cop, I think the reason like cops are generally interesting or detectives specifically yeah. are interesting in stories is because generally because they are smart people doing smart things. Mm. Um, and it's always interesting to watch people solve things. Mm. And what I find interesting about this game is this is almost the anti-detective yeah. story. Yeah. Like, it's very much about not knowing shit and stuff and, like, not really being good not at Not solving things. Yeah. yeah, and, like, I know you can play a cop that leans more in that direction, but even then it, it always feels like the, you, can't, you can't know and be everything and it's yeah. constantly more about the game is more fixated on the limits of what you're capable of and constantly push, pushes that back onto who you are and what you're thinking about yourself rather than like I've got a murder to solve like mm. it's like the, the murder becomes this background to yeah. everything it really falls I mean you were talking before we started recording about you forgot about taking the body down <laughs> and I feel that like that's telling of like the yeah. game's priorities yeah I, I think it's an interesting uh point as far as like feeling like a detective um and ironically i mean talking about how yeah you're not really feeling like a detective but i feel like because we're coming from this perspective of a lot of bad detective games mm. uh i mean personally i didn't really like la noir uh i mean it has like a it hasn't it, it was an interesting like, using tech demo or whatever <laughs> yeah. but i never felt like i was actually detecting or investigating yeah. anything i just felt like i was being led down a conversation tree that I was going to get to the same an, thing no matter what. Do you want to what. know what the best detective game is? Go on. It's The Witcher 3. Well <laughs> done. That's <laughs> the best detective game. Um, this is actually going to come up later. But yeah. but basically, I mean, I don't, Disco Elysium isn't inherently any different in how it's built. Like, you're still yeah. going through conversation trees. But it's this... Uh, it's still following a game, street, a game script. But I feel like I was much more actually... In, I felt like I was actually investigating something just because the world was not set up for... Uh, for these corridors. Like, the trees exist in this world, the conversation trees and investigation mm -hmm. trees, whatever exists in this world. But there's a huge step in going from that very corridored set piece to set piece in something like L.A. Noir or a lot of detective mm -hmm. games to then all of a sudden, like, actually, this world is now your oyster to yeah. figure shit out. I mean, you, well, I mean, you, have, to, you have to manage the investigation. Like, L.A. Noir will put you in an interview room. It will yeah. put you in with your suspects. But, um, but Disco Elysium is constantly, like, if you don't think to go and ask someone or talk to someone or do something, it doesn't fucking happen. Yeah. Like, yeah. The game is really about, you have to be very self-motivated to get through it. And, and, get and that done. task list keeps, I mean, from the first day, it just starts, it's just bursting and bursting and mm -hmm. bursting. Like everyone you talk to, and like you said, it's the murder, You, it's everything's connected, but you also, because the world is so compelling, even the things that don't seem to be connected 
I found myself, like, I got chastised by Kim for leaving the body up and not doing anything about it for like three days <laughs> because I was like, oh, and over here, and there's this cryptozoologist lady over here. And what about the woman who, there's the I woman who's reading. I a lot about how much I liked Kim that my priority was getting that book because it was upsetting him. Because it was, oh, me, I, need I was to. like, oh, no, I'm not going to let Kim down. Right. This body, priority number one. And like, that was the, like, was the first thing I well, went away to. I, when I, I, tr I tried playing through a little bit the second time uh, after beating the game, and I didn't get very far. But because of that, the second time, I was like, let me see what it's like if i i invested points in something completely different but then i i went for the body and did it all very early on and i was like wow this is a completely different and i in that time i actually put more points in esprit, esprit de corps i can't yeah. i actually can't really speak like french but but it's an interesting one because it, it's like your sense of your fellow officers yeah so i got this whole everything that you learn at the very end of the game with all the other officers telling you about yourself and whatever I, there's so many hints early yeah. on if you have that skill and if you go to the car and you report your badge missing. Yeah. When I when I knew my badge was missing and yeah. Kim was like reported, I was like, no, I'm I not reporting. It. I'm not reporting my badge missing. So I went through the most of the game not even knowing the characters at the station and what they were oh, about. All right. So, so I, I reported yeah. the badge and gun. And, okay. So hold on. Right. I've not finished the game. Yeah. We're gonna spoil it. <laughs> yeah. So so because what what hence are you talking about? I feel like I need to know now too. Uh, well, there's wow. That <laughs> I mean, you can beat the game without ever finding your gun or badge. Yeah, uh, yeah. And like you, but can... you sort of you slowly piece together that through this bender, you know, this, so you, you you find your car that is crashed in that southern town yeah. area, and then you have to like wait for the tide to go, and you can get your gun out of it, and then your oh, badge. That's your badges. Sorry, your badge, and then you actually, I actually didn't get my gun. I think is it Ruby who has nope. that. So, okay. Uh, so it's the, the, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, it doesn't. It's a completely like um, uh, new character that has no yes. other bearing. Okay. Uh, I mean, not entirely. Like it fits in the world yeah, yeah, and yeah. is like a product of the world. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, you had sold. I don't know if you you had sold your gun during to, the, to the, pawn, to the shop. pawn shop, and yeah. then somebody had bought it. But like Evrart had sent them to buy it. Right. Uh, I mean, it was all sort of through Evrart. Yeah. Um, the, the the thing we're gonna get to is that the at the last act of the game. It, it really and and this is also divisive. It, it's, <laughs> it's gonna it it really throws things for a loop because a whole series of things happen that kind of like explain what like why the murder happened and who you are and all mm -hmm. these things. But it kind I I, I really liked it, but yeah. it's very it like it's very different than what you've been experiencing for most of the game. Mm -hmm. Let's go back so to Kim though. I don't yes. know ready to talk about Kim, the ending. Kim Kitsuragi. Kim Kitsuragi is my favorite companion in any game ever. He's, he's up there for me. Like I Full really stop. Love he's very him tender, so and I love that I, the idea. No matter what character you're playing, he's supposed to be this. Like he has a sense of duty and a morality, and he's always there to kind of remind you. But he has this begrudging respect for you, and you don't know why. But that grows, and yeah, I think that's yeah. what's so important to me. I mean, he's like he's equally. A, I feel like he's an immersing character because throughout your investigation, he's always keeping you in task on yeah. task or like questioning for frivolous side uh, investigations and but at the same time shaping your purpose and kind of giving you grounding moments whether in humor or uh, or even reality mm -hmm. like when we were talking about uh how humor kind of sometimes grounds you mm -hmm. uh and there is that um you specifically mentioned that there's that billboard that's like littered with bullet holes yes yes and there's that moment <laughs> i don't know if you had it because maybe it was a, a spirit of the cop okay uh check but like um there's like this just really small tiny moment but i laughed out loud during where it's just like you and kim oh nodding, nodding, nodding I've back heard and about forth this. and you're just like keep nodding and it's like this is like what <laughs> binds cops together is their ability to just like understand each other and nod yeah <laughs> just yeah. keep nodding 
Uh, so that scene in the wire, the fuck, fuck. <laughs> um, but you're, fuck. you're, and I, I mean, I loved all the little bits with Kim's as well. Like that also these grounding moments, like after the first investig, the first day of investigation, and you have your moment on the balcony with him having his cigarette, and you're and like, oh, I didn't like, know you smoked, and he's yeah, like, I always have my one every and he, day, and he's just like. Uh, God, what an exhausting day. I didn't know we ran everywhere. Because, <laughs> like, I had, you know, doing double clicking and running everywhere. And he's like, is this, is this normal protocol in Precinct 41 just to, like, run everywhere? Yeah. Um, and he, but he's just like, he's a soundboard and a reaction to how you're shaping yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he grows with you. I mean, he starts with this initial annoyance of, like, he's got to babysit you. Yeah. Uh, but then as you're making your way through the investigation and he's like seeing a fruit of this investigation, he starts buying into your methods and you see like however wild those methods are and you see he starts to trust you and be more like, he starts to become more adventurous yeah. and open to new experiences. And there was, uh, towards the end, I loved, because you, you know how you, if you look on the checks, the passive checks, uh, you can see... Um, or even on the active ones, you can see like you get plus ones because you've done something in the world. If you hover over it, it'll say, yeah, oh, you, you can, did this, therefore it's... And yeah. there were some really great mom- little little great tidbits in there, but one of them just really affecting for me uh, was, was something related to Kim. I can't remember the exact thing, um, but it was towards the end, and I like I got a plus one because Kim trusts me. And then after that, I got a plus two because Kim really trusts me. Oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Kim, you, you know what's great too is that again the game doesn't shy away from how kim is racialized in this world mm-hmm. so very early on you have the conversation with the racist lorry driver and he's making comments about kim who's like from the way i understand the lore he's like a kind of second generation who considers himself and his family growing up in uh revachol and martinet kind of the in this in that the isola i think they're called the isolas are like the different areas mm, of the world something like that yeah. yeah so he's he considers himself that but the guy is sort of trying to hint that he's like he's still a foreigner yeah and as a character i mean I, I i didn't pick this route but i from what i gather from you know seeing other other playthroughs if you choose to kind of go along with what the racist lorry driver is saying kim is like what the fuck man like he pulls you aside afterwards and is like what's going on and that doesn't go away you know like the game makes you feel it isn't just there's so many kinds of these games from the fables to the skyrims to whatever's where you're like i'm gonna save and just say some crazy shit and see what happens but like it really it makes you feel the consequences yeah. of the well, things that you choose to say i talked to some people who did when they talked to there's because there's what's the measure head measure head yeah and people there's some people that went along with his thing to get him on side and obviously kim takes a lot of fucking issue with that yeah and i remember people telling me this it's like you you hurt kim (laughs) like like it just like it really shocked me like yeah like i was just like like because it was like it would be very because i remember being met with those choices and going of course i could just say what i want to get where i want to go but i was like but no because Mm. i have responsibility to kim and kim Mm. is like the one fucking person that's like who's put up on my because that's the thing did you disclose to kim early on that you had amnesia basically yeah i was completely much. transparent with kim yeah yeah as soon as as soon as i had that little thing that said he you can trust this guy i was like okay and i just told him everything and going through the game and him like helping you and working with you and yeah. that was like, like well just, maybe just this beautiful like maybe we should uh get, jump ahead a little bit because there's a big test of of kim's loyalty to you and and all of that one more bit about kim though well I'm, okay go, uh, go well on. no mine is like so i did actually i don't know if you guys did the karaoke oh yeah yeah uh, i haven't got to that i did that yet. i did that like Terrible. pretty much the the last night yeah. before like yeah. um before the ending 
And uh, it came, I mean, it's also, this is related to sort of like you can fail or succeed yeah. or whatever. Uh, and I, uh, I failed the drama check mm. um, to do it. And it was like my limbic system that was singing. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it sounds like, uh, uh, gosh, like a really emo Connor Oberst. I mean, I guess that's Connor Oberst. Anyway, yeah, but even like more emo. Yeah. Who's uh, singing. And, um, and obviously like it bombed, but Kim he really was just like that was great man (laughs) and that was like uh, he was like the only one in the whole uh uh in the whole motel bar or whatever that was like whirling good job and just like i immediately got a morale boost (laughs) after that you know uh and i actually i did have to go back and uh i mean i just youtubed it but see like what what is that as a system because that because what that's communicating is it's like you failed but the important thing is you have someone who's there to support you. Like yeah. that's just such yeah. a beautiful sentiment for a game. Like, well, so I what I wanted to drop back to, and this might be further than where you're at. but yeah, we have to we have to talk about it. Is sure. the so there's the big when things really come to a head. Mm-hmm. I th- it, I don't know what day it is, but it's when you well, be d- depending on whenever right. But like when you come up and you there's the confrontation in in the intersection at, oh, in sure. front of yeah, the world right and the rags. Ruby. that's where you come up and it's sort of you've been doing the investigation lots of things are coming to a head all of the hardy boys who are the union uh, sort of muscle are standing uh-huh. outside and then all of these people who are dressed in sort of power armor yeah one of whom is <clears throat> the the guy who's the scab strike leader a uh, mm-hmm. scab leader outside yeah and then two other people um you and kim come across this group and there's a kind of standoff um, and if, you, if you've been playing the game, if you've been talking to everyone correctly or, or if you've been investigating, there's uh, Joyce, who's the woman from Wild Pines and mm-hmm. everyone else. You kind of get you kind of have pieced together at this point that these people have been sent in as part of a, a mercenary group that's that gets sent around the world to kind of reinforce capital wherever it's threatened, mm-hmm. which definitely I mean, talk about real world themes. There's a million the yeah. United yeah. Fruit Company and East India Trading Company and all yeah. these things that we can go into. But so they're having the standoff. And then you have to intervene and yeah. you have to figure out how you're going to intervene. And that conversation, that tension, I mean, to me, it was one of the high points of the game. But how Kim reacts and tries to defend you when shit goes down, because it, it and it's the only real point for me that I came across of combat yeah. in the game. And the combat is essentially this happens or this happens. But when bullets start firing... Kim, you know, he like puts you to the side and he starts trying to, to fire. And what happens to Kim and what happens afterwards, it, it's affected by your choices. Yeah. And I got to admit, I feel so stupid about this, but <laughs> what I save scum the crap out of that section. Wow. And, and you know what? It's so against my own whole philosophy of like, oh, in this game and this narrative storytelling and just your consequences. But I have this thing with like trying to be a pacifist in games. Mm-hmm. And depending on how you, what happens, certain amount of people die in that, in that encounter. Mine was and a bloodbath. Yeah. And so when, <laughs> when that happened, the game, it, it's kind of annoying because I think it act, when, I, when I read afterwards is that a certain amount of people always have to die in that, mm-hmm. in that encounter. I think you can get but through it with only one dying, though. I've, I've heard that it's like three or four, but maybe I'm wrong. But the point is, I, I stupidly, and I kind of ruined that bit of the game for me, I mm. played through it like five different times, just going and being like, all right, I'm going to say this, I'm going to say this. Because you do it's a very tense interaction and depending on how it goes it can it feels wide open but uh i mean you can even apparently you can get kuno afterwards 
Yeah, you, you I can played get, the end you, of the game with Kuno. You play? I just, I can't <laughs> which I, believe which was that. a little bit like cannot, disappointing and not disappointing. Kuno doesn't Kuno, care. Kuno was like that element of the game with Kuno. The very ending of the game with Kuno was, I think, really well done. Mm. But the only reason it was disappointing was because I had grown so attached to Kim. So what happened? Did Kim die uh, for you? No, or? I would have quit. I would have quit <laughs> the game. <if> Kim <laughs> I would have burned my copy of the game. Uh, Kim didn't. So I failed every single check. Really? I was not ready to go into that segment because I didn't realize it was going to be a standoff yeah, yeah, because I'd, yeah. I'd been rushing uh, back because um, right after Ruby, which I also... We'll have to get to that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, like I was like, fuck. And I was just like rushing back to the worrying on rags. Uh, and then like all of a sudden, like I didn't have any save points yeah. except for like before the Ruby yeah. thing. So I was like, well, all right, this is climax time. Yeah. No saves. <laughs> We're just doing it yeah. live. Uh, yeah, I failed every single check. Uh, and uh, So Kim isn't there when you wake up? Uh, Kim's not there when I wake up. Kim doesn't die, though, but he's you don't see him for the rest of the game. Wow, that is uh, harsh. And, I, c- uh, I don't think I would be able to play without yeah. Kim. Because uh, I needed him at the end. You know, like even there's a... There's I want to know like how... Because so much of how he was growing in my head and in my mm. story for the ending, how the ending was... Uh, I feel like would have just been if Kim was there to see it. Mm. I just would have. I mean, I'm getting emotional now <laughs> thinking about yeah. it. Uh, well, but, it was so essential too because eventually, I mean, so again, we're jumping ahead yeah, here, no, but the, you, you chase who you think is the killer. It's a lead, somebody involved in the union, Ruby. Yeah. You find her hideout. There's a whole standoff, and you have a conversation with her that leads you back to Whirling the Rags. She, you have I didn't have any conversation with her. You didn't. Okay, I, I had a whole I, standoff conversation I, with her. I passed the thing to like I broke her little. Death ray. Oh, I didn't. Uh, and I was stuck in it. As soon as I broke the death ray, she pulls a shotgun on herself and offs herself. Oh my god! <laughs> Jesus. Uh, what the and, hell? Uh, so I, didn't I even was know like, that "Was possible?" I was like, "Because yeah, in your head, well, not. I didn't think that I was rushing to it, but I didn't think that she was the killer because I had sure, been given but so she's many clues. Sure, involved somehow. I've been given. There was a great because I like I started putting pumping things into volition, and uh, I, um. Uh, kind of against, I mean, not my better judgment, but because like that was just how my character felt. It started go like going. I was like, I'm getting control of my fucking brain here. Like I'm no longer this wild Nicolas Cage <laughs> mirror or whatever. Um, and uh, and then um, after your last, well, what was my last conversation with Klaus, uh, Klausia, mm-hmm. um Volition pops in and is like, uh, you need to stop listening to all these other guys, like all the other Listen voices in your head. <laughs> like they're they're fucking compromised, man. Like all these other, uh, and then they all start chiming in, like trying to defend themselves. Yeah. Uh, all your other segments of uh, yeah, yeah. of your psyche, and uh, and they're like, "Look, she's fucking lying to you. She's compromised your entire fucking brain, man. Listen to me." And I'm, the, and you're like in this, you become in this um, thing where, well, like, is actually volition compromised, <laughs> and just like he he's lost it, and everyone else because they're all like they've all bought into it, like or like they're they're seemingly level headed. Mm. Uh, are you know is this this once segmented out person or mm. part of you or whatever that is uh, is guiding you or have their it was just this, yeah, I, yeah, I, I didn't know where I was supposed to be going down uh, but what it happens there is that uh, their volition is basically saying like it's not uh, it's not Ruby and uh, okay so you had that instinct telling yeah. you that that is not, an interesting thing because I explicitly, actually but like basically that you are going that yeah. something is wrong here and you are going down the wrong trail trust me I, I think it's funny too in terms of the game throwing things back at you that i was punished and i was happy to be for i was like yeah i'm gonna be the you know if you the smartest and the most persuasive character you always get more interesting conversations in rpgs but the encyclopedia 
trope, it starts getting to the point where it actually like annoys you mm. because it's just starting to tell you random shit mm-hmm. so you're talking to someone and they're like yeah i just live down by the river and it's like a river and it is an estuary and then here and then <laughs> sediment forms by doing this this and this and you're like what what does that have to do with anything and yeah. it starts becoming so i actually went into those scenarios knowing less instinctively mm. but i had a sense that something was wrong but what i was trying to say was that after the ruby thing after the whirling in the rags you end up uh, being led to the island that is yeah. off the coast of this you know area of martinet and I don't know how I would have done that section aesthetically without Kim because you set out on the boat and you're, well, Kim's like, all right, here we go. And I'm like, in my in my playthrough, I was like, all right, let's take out the boom box and we're going to play this music. And he's like, no, 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 don't, please don't do that. And you're like, <laughs> I'm doing it. <laughs> you, you put on this music and you're like sailing in and it, it has that kind of, you know, that Death Stranding feeling where you're going. No, in it's and it's, I mean, I, it's better than that, but it's that whole final section. And then, yeah, so, well, bombshell, Sam. So you you end up, going through this bunker on that island mm-hmm. and finding it's it's a bit of a deus ex machina but that whole conversation was really interesting there's an old communard who's been posted <laughs> don't out don't call him that he's what well, he considers himself a communard he's a, he's, a, he's a, it's what they call themselves you know it's it's a he's an old communard who from the time of the revolution who briefly deserted his unit and felt guilty about it so he ended up coming back and basically dedicating the rest of his life to like spying on Martinet and trying to like influence it from the sidelines but essentially by like taking hits out on people so he is the one who actually assassinated the previous union leaders that was how the Everard brothers got in he's involved in all kinds of other stuff but that whole conversation I mean when you roll up to him and he just growls at you he's like minions of capital what have you done coming to my doorstep that with Kim because Kim is there sort of like all right, this is the moment we gotta interrogate this guy I cannot imagine doing it with anyone else. Fucking Kuno, man. Fucking Kuno. (laughs) So one thing I want to address, though, before we dig into that final encounter is that this game does what i think a lot of good sci-fi and sort of uh cyberpunk or steampunk style writing does which is it doesn't necessarily it gives you a lot of hints that there's something about this world that isn't quite like our own but it doesn't necessarily imply exactly what that is and you can play through the game if you listen to different parts of yourself fully believing like when you investigate the doomed commercial area or other things that like there is a curse there's a supernatural curse on this area or you when you first talk to the cryptozoologist you're like oh these creatures are all real and i'm gonna find them but most if not all of the supernatural elements of the story are kind of it's it's open to interpretation yeah you know it could be just you putting things into it, could it be or your it wild could, psyche yeah or it, there's no real clear moment that that tells you and in that I mean, in that final encounter, you have this whole interrogation with uh, Dros or Dro, his, yeah. the, the Lilianovich, yeah. um, who is the, the, the communard who's been on the island. And then after that whole conversation, you get the sense that something's wrong with him and that he's acting erratically. And then, yeah, you have the encounter with this cryptid that the cryptozoologists have been on about for ages. Mm-hmm. And it's this giant bug-like stick creature that comes out of the reeds. And that whole encounter kind of breaks everything to me that happened before. Not necessarily in a bad way, but it just, it violates the, all of the things the world has been doing, which is to be very reserved and not really throw any kind of monsters or si- things like that at you. 
and all of a sudden it's staring at you in the face. So I, I wondered what you made of that. I thought anyway. it was perfect uh, because yeah. I was ready to be disappointed with the ending actually like yeah. i mean i loved the boat ride out even though uh it was like mine was actually alone because kuno didn't want to be seen with any fucking pigs so he <laughs> met me there <laughs> kuno doesn't care <laughs> except kuno does care um uh but uh so yeah i mean after oh, so he did that, it alone wow uh, well he meets me on the island yeah um okay, okay but uh uh that island itself was kind of a bit barren and there wasn't much to investigate it was if anything the most corridored element of the yeah, game yeah and then uh, you meet this just old guy who feels like who feels like a Deus Ex Machina. Yeah, he's just some rando. Uh, and I was a little bit ready to be like, uh, "Is this really it?" Um, but then even even if you layer on all the political stuff of okay, like all of this all this political struggle has been layered on throughout the entire playthrough in mm-hmm. a really like um, effective way, and he's like part of that system. Like he's been in the game the entire time. It's not like. Yes, there is no foreshadowing mm. strictly as far as this. You don't meet this character as a bum in the beginning of the game. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's the bum from the beginning of the game. <coughs> like there's none of that. It's a completely new character. Mm. But it's not a completely new uh, entity in the world. Like yeah. his rage is a new entity. Yeah. It's not a new entity. It's like it exists and it's felt throughout the throughout the world. But then the... Uh, but I was like, okay. I mean, it's 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 cool in a it's cool in a um, conceptual standpoint, but as a game, it feels a little bit underwhelming. But then the phasmid comes out and starts explaining his symbiotic relationship with uh, with this communard uh, and how he's kind of like feeding off its rage and controlling uh, him in a sense, but like more controlling the the balance of of the world in mm. a way. Um, and it's like, well, the deserter is not the culprit. It's this thing that's always been, it's like, it's the thing that permeates and is creating this doom in, mm. uh, in Martinez or Revachol at, at large or the world at large. And it's much, it becomes like a pretty clear, like existential, uh, mirror that it's holding up. Like this is, this isn't, it's not the phasmid or it's not the deserter. It's like, it's doom that's doing this it's like this it's or this it's malaise. Hu- i mean th- i think what the they the, the other element that actually i missed out a lot of, uh, of in my first playthrough but is is the pale it's this concept yeah. of this because it's not quite our world there's this fog that exists around yeah. the world of elysium that separates areas and the phasmin talks a lot about how it feeds off of this pale and the, and the pale in the church in particular there's this whole church yeah. important church scene you get a lot of lore around that and it, it, there's a sense and he and the phasmid explains a little bit that the pale is sort of like a, the personification of pe- of people's psyches and yeah. that it but it exactly exists in the world but it's interesting what you say because i struggled a little bit with that interpretation of well it's actually all of this happened because of the phasmid because it's similar to there's some people like i think renee when you ask them about the revolution that happened on grad they're like oh it all happened because of the plague the plague is the reason that all these people went crazy and became communist and like that idea of sort of like well the all these people are really just kind of i, I didn't read it as they were directly you know they were being controlled by this thing but yeah. more it's a, it's a kind of feedback loop yeah and that the growth the pale it can be many things but in many ways it's it's sort of it's capital it's this thing that that exists in the world and that it, it sort of reflects and drains people as they interact with it and it, and the thing about the pale that they don't understand if you read enough in the lore is that it keeps growing and they're like why does it keep growing eventually it's going to take us all out so it's interesting i, I don't know i feel what like you I, made of that. I mean I'm, i feel like i'm probably not smart enough to be able to explain well, how I, I actually feel yeah. about the ending yeah because for me it was it was very much this whole uh like the ties that bind us 
thing and not which I feel like explaining or just saying out loud feels very uh, like hand wavy. Mm. But because you this the phasmid, the culprit in my mind is somebody that you can interact with throughout the entirety of the game. Uh, if you had enough perception or even if you had just you learn about it day yeah. one, if you talk to Lena, uh, the cryptozoologist wife, she tells you about her obsession of the phasmid and how it uh, yeah. like her what seems like this paranoia. And it feels like the entire time it's like, that's not a thing. Yeah. Kim is like grounding you. That's not a thing. Like this is yeah. he's got this all skepticism about the whole cryptozoologist quest line that you can go mm. on. Um, and but you can buy into it. Yeah. You can buy into it. And like, I know this shit is real i mm. hear it and there are points if your perception is high enough that you stop the game and you get one of those uh thought bubbles that's like there's you can feel mm. uh the cryptozoologist and it's always around which retrospectively uh thinking about it it's always around you get those things always around key um like plot points mm. like points that are uh changing the uh your um investigation or like uh so always you always get it around the the crime scene the worrying in rags uh rags rags <laughs> uh, uh, you always get it around the cafe you always get it around the crime scene um you get it around uh like when you're about to enter the thing with ruby you get it right before you're going back for the mm. uh standpoint uh, like you just you stop and you like listen because mm. is that like, shivers or is it no this it's actually perception because perception. you're actually I, hearing something like I had perception no points is, in perception. perception is the real life like oh there i can hear see yeah. and, and feel good uh well <laughs> i can like i'm very good at that so it's not shivers which is a great skill i think yeah. because that's a very like it's the meta, urban setting uh, yeah the very meta like paranormal experience yeah. but per, what i loved is that it was a perception skill because that's mm. It's ground. It's based in reality. That's like mm. your ability to pick up with your senses, mm. and you are stopping with your perception skill to like, shit. I hear something. What mm. is that? Uh, That's interesting. So the, the the phasmid was less of a Deus Ex Machina for you then. Uh, I don't think it was because it, because it was very sudden for me. I, I felt I was, like so. I felt when I did uh, the whole cryptozoologist quest yeah, line. I mean, but, for me, like I thought that the deserter was kind of this. Yeah. But then it changed completely when the phasmid came out. Yeah. And it was like a real entity that had been with you and actually part of the world mm. uh and shaping these things like beyond like an actual you know making you make this decision or anything like that it was uh it was something that felt very much equally removed and a part of mm. of your whole journey like playing through that again again knowing about uh the phasmid and where the phasmid might have been like changing things mm. uh or like affecting the world i don't want to say changing things but affecting the world i feel like would be a completely different experience we also don't know though given this what we were saying before kim is of the opinion that you were having a conversation with yourself when i did my playthrough so he's like did you actually even talk so, to the phasmid or was that just you yeah because even just, the the deserter is like you're i the thing was like aren't you guys seeing this and kuno's like fuck yeah i see it but then uh, the deserter is like what are you talking about like he doesn't I don't see it, anything yeah. so i got a picture in mind uh, I take that back. I will say I don't know if this is making you more or less wanting to, <laughs> to finish the game, but there's a whole bit after this that, to me, that was actually the wonkiness of the ending. If things had ended 
on the island with the Phasmid and the and Dross or Lilianovich. I think that would have been great. There's this whole after portion where you go back and then you have this very weird from at least in my playthrough debrief with your cop sort of buddies. Yeah. And it becomes this very it felt very banal. It was like, well, and that's over. And like no matter what you've how poorly you've performed, I mean, on paper, it looks like you just went on this bender and you did all these things that are like, ah, you can come back. Here's a picture. Whoa, Phasmin's crazy. Also, you used to be a gym teacher. Like, what? Uh-huh. It, it felt all so very you much a, like you got a picture though. So like I went through it and it just felt like I was it felt like an undressing, which felt yeah. like very Especially how I started my character as this, like, um, you know, wild superstar, coked up cop or whatever that kind of went through this change of empathy and uh, and strength of character or whatever to then, like, felt like I had accomplished and uncovered something. And then it was just a complete undressing of, mm-hmm. like, well, actually, maybe it's the, I mean, the Phasmid's even bigger, bigger than, than yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, it doesn't matter what I've, um, what I've uncovered here because I'm still just part of this, like, this system. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, I mean, I can totally see how that what goes a different way depending on your conversation or how you had interacted with things. But I was also Kuno was standing next to me <laughs> versus who becomes Fucking Kuno, man. <laughs> uh, so it just felt like this, um, almost like this back to grounding of in reality yeah. that adds a little bit of question of you know what had happened before because Kuno was the only one. I didn't have a picture. Kuno yeah. was the only one who had uh, claimed to see it, but Kuno was also like off his rocker. Yeah. Um, well, it's interesting too because before we miss it. One of the revelations, so you, you with the the communard, the old uh, revolutionary on the island, what he at first, I think he's quite a sympathetic character, and maybe mm-hmm. ultimately as well. But if you and I didn't actually have the skill to learn this, this took reading about it later on. But there's the the Fazbid makes it a little bit off, but there's another thing that he's kind of hiding. And if you're good enough in the conversation, you you realize that he is. Because the question is, why did he kill this mercenary? What was the reason for it? He has this obsession with Klasche. And it, mm-hmm. it borders on this kind of like creepy, like stalkery kind of thing. Because he's been on this island for years and he's been watching people. And he can actually, because nobody knows who he is, he, it, at night he can like go creep into Martinet. And all mm-hmm. these quest lines that I was like so curious about, like in the Whirling and Rags, there's all these doors that you can't open. And you're always like, what is this door in the kitchen? Like, where does this go? He created like a peephole in her room and was like watching her and stuff. So there's this weird aspect of like, he he he, he couches it in political language. He of thought like, that she was the the child of the of the return. I think, yeah, well, and how. he and he she represents like her whole intrigues, and then the mercenary himself, who he sees as like a fascist dog. They both represent like the worst of what this world is. Mm-hmm. But he has this like creepy obsession with her, and ends up spying on, stalking mm-hmm. on her, stalking her, and then kills the man, uh, essentially out of spite, but not not simply because he was there to break the strike, but because it, he kills him while they're having sex. Mm. And so I thought that was like an interesting, you know, they, they, they build this character at first to be the kind of culmination. He's, he's probably the, one of the few authentically like, uh, seemingly principled characters that you meet because Everard is like totally full of shit you know there's the strike breakers there's uh-huh. the, there's the boyadero guy who's hanging out on the balcony he's cool you know he's he's cool <laughs> but you know he's got he's like kind of a pragmatist or whatever yeah. you don't meet many people who from this era of like that failed revolution there's the skull lady whatever her name is who's Cindy, kind of like she's like young she's like kind of like about just like graffiti and stuff yeah. but he's like he makes he's like look like and there's these lines i really wanted to bring this up before i i, I missed my chance i brought in a copy of conquered city by victor sergey i was thinking about victor sergey all while playing this game because these authors kurvitz and uh his team and Zaum, they talked a lot about their influences a lot of uh, the Strugatsky brothers, like Soviet avant-garde, things that are way above my pay grade. <laughs> but 
uh, Victor Sergei was a Russian anarchist who sided with the Bolsheviks and then ended up being totally screwed over by them and wrote a lot in his career about sort of the brutality and the, the darkness of the experience of revolution and the br- brutality of it and all these things. But just just playing through these uh, experiences with Victor Sergei in mind, there's a kind of, uh, there was a quote that the uh, Kurvitz and them said where he described... <laughs> Uh, Revachol and Martinet as basically America straddling poor old Eastern Europe, a motorway with no ramp shooting off into the horizon. And there's that that kind of like dread and macabre or whatever. There's reading through Concord City, which is about like just after, this, it's an imaginary uh, sort of pseudo-real uh, revolution that happens that takes over this this area. Uh, and, and thinking about characters like uh, Dro or Lilianovich, he has this line where he says, you know, capital you should have seen what it was like when when these people came and they we had the most beautiful people in the world the most passionate people who cared so much and when you saw capital take its mask off and just massacre and murder them there's a real to me that was a real sympathetic moment and i I was just like wow this is like this he's he's been there to witness it but then as you speak to him it, it just starts to unravel and you see the mania you see a little bit of the what all the characters are that they they have political commitments they have beliefs but they're all they've all been compromised and not in some kind of shit eating centrist way because yeah. i think the game makes fun of that as well it's not like oh all ideologies are the same it's not saying you that get boring it's more, cop i think yeah you get boring or like ultra centrist if you refuse to agree with anything you become like an ultra liberal or something <laughs> but uh but yeah there's something about that 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 double act of like he is the culmination of all these things that you've been reading about and learning about through the game. But then even he is just this broken, he's this side effect he, of the things that have happened. I didn't you know, get the conversation. Uh, I mean, I didn't get the, I didn't get the, the conversation where he's, where he's talking about his obsession with class yet. I mean, I, I, he mentions, he's, I, get, I remember him talking about like the child of the revolution and he was protecting yeah. her. But uh, I think the, the bigger element <coughs> as far as his involvement and how I saw him as just part of the whole world is that in his mind there was no end of the war yeah he, like he was he, still he specifically like he's still a combatant in the war and yeah. like he wasn't committing murder he yeah was he just, saw it as he was his, enemy combatants yeah, yeah. His enemy combatants and he was even like when you're he refused when you first meet him he refuses to put his gun down uh, and talk mm-hmm. to you because he'd only do that to an enemy officer yeah um so you have uh, to convince him that uh, yeah. you are an enemy officer um, yeah but uh i mean for me i guess the whole ending was really like uh it it didn't it broke so many of the because you were talking about sort of character archetypes that kind of fit i think still in a lot of um even detective tropes you know Mm -hmm. you have these these characters that would fit really well in a in in bad lieutenant or something like that you know uh or even anywhere from bad lieutenant to colombo like there's characters that fit in in those uh archetypes and but then this ending it it you've almost been conditioned to like yeah be chasing always in, on this investigation and then all of a sudden like it breaks it crashes any kind of uh archetype detective archetype or trope whatever with this whole you there's always foreshadowing in you mm. know who the killer is and every other kind of media that's related to investigation mm. otherwise people are like what <laughs> but yeah. then it does that and then uh then layers on this whole like completely think another doesn't layer it on because it's always there but it brings back everything tying everything together not in the sense of how it feels like it does as far as the ties that bind us but ties everything together as far as all these other sort of paranormal supernatural things that were Mm. hinted at or Mm. felt or uh described but 
in an actual character, yeah. I guess, as the Phasmid. Um, and it's that, it's that gray that's in between. Like it didn't say, it's not a, uh, there's no black and white with it. It's this gray of, because you're even questioning what it was. And it really just, uh, I mean, I got huge waves of uh paul thomas anderson's magnolia as far as like the ending to that where <laughs> the frogs like, because everybody's con- everybody the whole movie is about how everybody's sort of like connected uh, connected yeah. and then there's just this thing that's like this is just the world this these yeah. things just happen um and it just i mean i don't know it really resonated with me i guess but yeah uh, i totally get why people would bounce it's, off it's a it, from what i can tell it has been divisive i i was in like a haze playing this game so it all kind of it like washed over me in quite an intense way as well. And I, I, I did appreciate it. I think it made me feel like, I think you were commenting before we went on sort of about some of the game breaking bugs and things like that. There's, they've been working on it for five years, but there is clearly, to me, it almost feels like they, they might've had to wrap it up rather quickly. I, I think there's a lot of intention in the Phasmid in that interaction with Lilianovich, but at least the ending I got mm-hmm. and from watching a few others, yeah. It, it it feels like they 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 created this beast, this beautiful, crazy large beast, and then they had to figure out how to put it back in a box and give it to you yeah. as a, as an experience. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's almost I almost wish it was another. It actually was another thirty hours. I wish it was a sixty hour <laughs> game that I could like, or maybe another five or ten or something. Sure. Because I it was it was like it just teased this world. You know, once once you're really getting going, it was I was like I was ready for more. I guess is what I was saying. Yeah. And, yeah, I I don't know. This is we're gonna have to have a, uh, a re-reflection <laughs> because I'm so. I've, there's never been a game that I wanted to know more about yeah. your. I think a lot about of your take is the, also the. I mean, I guess this is something that more because we've been talking about the ending for too long. But mm. <laughs> like going back to um, just the experience of the game itself. Uh, I mean, I know you had a ton of um, bugs and shit like that. Which I feel so sorry for. I know. <laughs> for yeah, you. like I, I, I mean, I do, I do, I generally don't like to bring up technical stuff because every game's got technical flaws. But this, this was really bad. Like I, I've put according to my Steam clock, I think I put like eighteen hours or something in, but I feel like I've maybe made eight hours progress. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I've lost a lot, and it's. And yeah, and then that, that impacted not only the time lost, but also my motivation to keep playing yeah. because it was like. I can't. I'm really not enjoying just repeating shit. Like, yeah. and yeah, yeah, I had a few soft so locks as well that were quite scary. That thankfully I had saves, but there. Well, was, I had, yeah. I had, yeah. So the game locked up, and then I had to close it, and then realized, oh, I hadn't saved in a while. I lost like a couple hours, um, and then I had another time where it was, um. Save more often, people. <laughs> my quick save wasn't working. Was one. Yeah. Um, I'd been so because that's why you started resorting. Right, just quick save all the time. Just quick, and then it was like. It hasn't. Qu- I've been hitting the button. It hasn't done anything in like hours. What the fuck? And then you just still always save. So I only I didn't lose as much as I could have, I guess. But then another time, my save got wiped. So that sucks because because yeah, after the quick save thing, I started resorting to manual saves, and then it was like, and then one of those got wiped, and I was just like, shit. Why does this <laughs> game not want me to finish it? My God! And it's frustrating because I feel like I probably would have finished it in time for this review otherwise. So Is that's that, um, that's why I have to. Game. You have, that's why I have to bring up. I mean, I, I said I had a few soft locks mm. where I was like, I I think it, it's what you had done. I pressed escape out of something, and mm. then 
I was walking around and trying to like click but things. But you can't, you nothing, can't interact with it. The camera wouldn't even move. Yeah, and, like, yeah, the camera was stuck. So I luckily I had saves. Yeah. But I think uh, I got lucky. I didn't. I mean, there was one yeah. very minor bug that I had, but it was no. completely. Like, I mean, I guess I missed out on it sounds like there's XP a really points, big but... bug waiting at the end of the game. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. uh, I did have a um, uh, one thing I wanted to talk about as far as because there was some expectations to this game that um, I think maybe just in the general consciousness as mm. far as like its ability to uh, be immersive. Mm. Um, and uh, because it's, you know, this top down sort of semi isometric uh, CRPG um, mm. that's very text heavy mm. uh and i was um i was actually super impressed with the mix of audio visual and writing oh, yeah. there was a i mean they got british sea power yeah the band on the music and stuff. i was yeah. um i mean so very early on the game um i was like uh i mean i was getting you know i was into the game i was like into the vibe i started over after 20 minutes so i could play as nicholas cage um <laughs> but then i was like uh i was just feeling the vibe so fucking well uh and it kind of pinnacled after like an hour of playing where it's the first time you meet everard um and you know you're there sitting in front of as a detective which you know you've you're still getting to grip sort of with the systems how you're a detective <coughs> what i'm supposed to be doing as a detective like am i just going around talking to people mm. what is this what is what is the gameplay uh and so i'm standing there in front of everard who's in in the game's description, an intimidating walrus of a man. <laughs> uh, and, you know, there's, I'm kind of talking through it, and I think his voice is great, and the way that he talks is great. And then there's a clock, his clock is just ticking, sort of metronomically, uh, as you're questioning him. And then there's like the rumble of the machine, uh, of the harbor machinery kind of kicks in, and all of a sudden the music starts up in this sort of like pulsating, uh, somewhat tense, but also kind of unassumingly. Um, and you're grilling this guy and you realize that you're like reading to the pace of everything that's going on in uh, in the music and then just the art style is uh, perfectly reflects that and I'm th I just like it kind of called me I just started getting chills when I was playing and I was like this is a perfect combination of audio visual and writing mm -hmm. and it and it, and what was beautiful about it is that it, it felt so effortless nothing felt like crammed in there but it was still obviously like curated. So like those, there was all felt, I mean, like a those were all decisions that were mm. made, you know? So the uh, interesting thing with the, um, that I'd read about with the dialogue system and the way they present that, because it, it didn't, it did not occur to me while I was playing it until I read this and was like, oh fuck. Because I struggle, and we mentioned Pillars of Eternity earlier. The pro My problem with a lot of the CRPG revivals is they are, one, not that well written. Sure. And also, the, the there's a lot of text dumps. Yeah. Mm. And the thing that I liked about um, Disco Elysium is not that the, not just that writing's good and it's really deft writing. There's not they do, they don't dump on exposition. It's a lot of short bursts. But actually, they talked about the way they presented and structured it. The thing that they took cues from to keep people engaged with the writing was Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And that's why it, the ra rather than this thing down at the bottom that's just this, it's actually the stream mm. down the side, and it's this column that you can. Mm. And I was like fuck i know once it explained it's like yeah and fuck it works like i i and, and what i like actually even several things like yeah you can scroll back and you go oh i lost my train of thought it makes it so easy to stay engaged with the conversation mm. and yeah it comes across effort like i, say, I didn't consciously it's, think about this but, it but is you know what effortless. i would say and i've said this before in other reviews is that i fuck i mean i i've played like 
every LucasArts adventure game that ever existed. <laughs> I love my CRPGs. I love my subsurface circulars and my interactive fiction games, whatever. But in, as far as games go, I do think it, it's a very... Uh, the reason it's such a hard thing to do to have this kind of writing for games is because it is... I mean, it's 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 a very... What should I say? There's it's, a lot it's, to tie it's together. A, well, there's a lot to tie together, but I'm saying like it's not the... It's a very... Uh, mechanically it can be a very blunt way of dealing with things yeah. of like we we're saying like here's a world well here's a lot of writing about it it's not a very it doesn't play to the strengths yeah. of what a game can do which is what i think we've spoken about before is the movement through the world and experiencing it but insofar as it isn't you know the the quintessential kind of game i think or the game that can the kind of game that can bring all the strengths of what games can be to the fore for what that is, they have done the best I mean, version of it I to think, me. I think they do you know. leverage. I think. I think because so much of what you interact with is the directly as the writing. I think it's easy to forget that what you were saying. Like they actually do leverage the audio and visuals a yes, lot yes. to do the storytelling. There's a yeah. lot that they don't need to tell you because right. you just see that shit. Yeah. And I think. I just mean in the sense that this is, and I don't. I'm, I love the game, but I mean it's 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 kind of a glorified choose your own adventure it, deep down. It's a yeah, very wanna, complex one. Down, yeah. It's a very complex one. It's super well done, but that it's amazing to me that something that is essentially a kind of, you know, visual interactive fiction is so richly realized yeah. that we're all sitting here, you know, kind of just just with our with our jaws yeah. dropped talking about how great it is. But because, I do yeah. I think it I mean I still this is very much a game for me. Yeah, like, of course, of and, course. But like it couldn't not be I a think game. it I mean it does for me set like a bar higher specifically for how incorporating writing oh into yeah it. yeah uh i mean there's, th there's this is like a how they've added on mechanics and audiovisual and all this onto it uh is exactly the kind of thing that i like it's almost like that purple dragon that you're chasing as far as the experience that you can miss in a book versus the experience you can miss in a film and like how to bridge those things while also being interactive like with all of the i mean kind of the um, the the scene that I described with Everard first meeting him is like those are that's exactly the kind of thing that those feedback loops that you those feed not loops but those that feedback that you can't get from a book yeah yeah like of those course, things of that course. are that are bringing you into the scene where you could get from a film but that's just a story that you're not telling that yeah. somebody else is telling for you speaking of in an interview with RPS Kurvitz actually said this thing that I thought was interesting where he provocatively because he's written books as well but he says nobody cares too much about what's written in a novel anymore i think the idea that games are where humanity is won or lost is depressing given the current landscape of both but then he goes on to say that this is something that is still in its early stages and that it is sort of an undefined area where we still have to wage these battles so in i kind of actually like that that approach of like obviously books matter all art matters in different ways but he's saying like games are still there's still this medium where there's territory to be won and fought for for better writing for more yeah. provocative concepts and in a way that you know sends more waves through society than other art forms can at this point because they're more mature they have had more time to kind of tease mm -hmm. out these things I think, um, so i thought i mean in a sense yeah after playing this i'm like i remember saying death stranding was a game of the world I'm like, man. I know it is funny. Yeah, like Death Stranding, man. This is a game of the world. In Death Stranding, I was, I was again, I was harping on about how games need a more singular vision to take that next step in art. And lo and behold, like a game that had already come out that it just hadn't played yet. Yeah. Uh, what well, it has uh, a unity this, of, was this exhibit yeah. A of like where Kurvitz, his writing and direction and vision for that game showed through in a place where I don't think it, 
I don't think a multi de- mega departmentalized studio would yeah. have been able to convey that singular vision. That yeah, I think um, it seems seems like we're ramping up to final thoughts. So yes. one thing that I want to touch upon before that, though, um, there wasn't really a nice segue into it, so I feel it's important to bring yeah, it up sure, though. Yeah. Um, because the game is really provocative in a lot of ways. It touches on, I mean, everything like fucking trauma, racism, fucking you know, homophobia. Like, and it front loads. It puts a lot of that stuff just in your face on without commentary, and um, which which brings to there was one weird thing I just want to briefly because the 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 the, the homo I, I don't know how other people feel about it i'm happy to just say it you know i'm not using a button for framing as else the homophobic f word ah yeah 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 that was interesting it's that was one word that's bleeped out but others aren't which i thought was, that was an interesting choice that i'm not sure i know that they got feedback from their demo which led to that decision yeah, yeah. but it was it was an interesting thing where it was like in so many ways they are so committed to the vision that right. that felt like a compromise that made me go oh yeah almost it's either it's i wish they had kept it in or had also censored other words yeah because it was like, sort of inconsistent yeah, just, yeah. yeah yeah um but to, to go into that though like one of the things that i I haven't finished the game, so I don't, so I can't say how this would solidify. But one of the th- one of the most conflicted things I do feel about the game, though, with regards to all that provocative stuff, was just that the game does have a lot of humor in it, and there's a lot. This what seems to have resonated with a lot of people is like the dumb daft shit mm-hmm. you can do. And the thing that I wasn't, I wasn't always clear on. There's a lot of sympathy and empathy in the game that makes mm. that made me makes me think that these. makes me give it the benefit of the doubt but there's definitely points where i'm like because there's a point where basically if you basically stop stop looking after yourself and stuff and you stop getting close you can like this the option to become hobo cop opens up right right and there's and that it's a moment where it's like the game seems to take a lot of its themes and ideas and particularly your character suffering seriously but then it has points where it's like oh but wouldn't it be funny if and it almost starts treating it like a joke yeah and those always like were so jarring to me because like the whole cop thing was like was the, is the kind of shit that resonates well that's the kind of shit i saw people talking about they're like oh yeah you can just be fucking hobocop mm-hmm. and it's like but you've got to wade through all this real serious yeah. shit and then the game just cracks out this joke and it yeah. and it was this it was just this conflict this friction in the game there's not always there but there's just moments where it's like it suddenly bursts out with a joke that was like are you like and because it provides a lot of options to do that stuff it may it did begin to make me question like the sincerity of the creators in terms of like how much sympathy and stuff do they feel because at times it feels like they just they give up and just and and it's a fine line right because there you can have black humor you can have you know this um really grim you know in those bleak moments you can have this almost like cosmic Mm -hmm. you know level of comedy where you're just like it's just this is yeah my life's so shit who fucking cares like i I, so there is an element of that but it is is i guess it's trying to distinguish like is is this this character finding humor in his situation or is the game finding making a joke out of them and it was sometimes it was hard to distinguish i think over the course of the game it does i i felt that a little bit as well and usually when something i I like my humor is humor punching upwards rather than downwards in general anyway but i think the, what I when it when it did do it well, I thought it it kind of took that. There's that trope in role playing games in D and D called the murder hobo. That's what the community calls it. Of like when you go into the game and all you want to do is fuck shit up and just be a horrible person. Mm. And the term itself is problematic for its own reasons. But what I when the humor was good, I thought it was almost like taking that 
murder hobo thing to the point of just like extremely uncomfortable like parody where it's like look this is what happens when you when you do this you know your 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 partner is like hates you people in the world don't respond to you you like nobody respects you and instead of it just being like yeah i can do fun shit when when it kind of falters i can see a little bit of that but but i guess this also depends on what you put points into yeah as well because because i actually didn't experience the the I think the only the line as far as where I can like perspective that I can add to that is that it because I got that option. Um, I didn't. Uh, I didn't follow it. Incidentally, yeah, I mean, I didn't follow it either. But it did feel like it was. It was still because it comes on very early because you don't have money to pay for yeah. the uh, the hotel to begin the game. But what, I guess what it felt like it wasn't like this thing that was all of a sudden um, the game making a choice for you. It was still something that your character has to has to buy yeah, into I guess to follow. It was, I guess it was just this sort of gray area between because they provide the... I guess it's because... And I, and I appreciate game respecting its audience, but it, I guess it was a question of like, because they give these options, it is a, almost allowing the player to turn it into a joke. Yeah. And in a way that I was like... Because, particularly because the option is just like, fuck it, I'll become hobo cop. Like, mm. And I was like... I mean, that's deeply depressing. Like, that's not like, and the game has taken other stuff of you know seriously up to a point that this felt. Kind of, but again, I don't know if if you go down that road, it actually challenges that and go yeah. actually this is not a fucking joke. Like, it's so hard, I don't know. It's but. hard to say because I didn't go down it either. I feel like I give them the benefit of the doubt just because of how they handled everything else. Yeah, for and, the majority of the game, I think that's why. Like, um, but I think just because that tension was there, I feel like it was worth airing. Well, and it's, yeah, yeah. and it's also, I mean. <laughs> For me, everything I love everything else about the game so much that it it doesn't hurt to to well, you know I mean, bring up something that we it's worth considering. Nothing's they perfect, can, right? And I think the, when you're, I think I admire that. that they engage with so much stuff, and they do engage with it with such sympathy that I guess the fact that there are moments where they falter only proves that yeah. of how consistently elsewhere they do engage with it on well, a really like human level. Well, games also do have, and and I think we'll move on to the final thoughts after this. But games in general, I think when they're dealing with mental health themes, as we've talked about before, they often fall into the kind of almost Lovecraftian trap of just mm-hmm. like how weird and crazy can it be? And I think it it's good that there's layers because if there weren't layers, then I would, you know, the, all that you'd be getting out of it was just like, man, look how crazy you can be in this game. Yeah. As you said, which to me is sort of like, that's like level 0.5 of the, yeah. of the depth that you can get in with this game. And there's so much more. I mean, I think we could have a whole episode on the thought cabinet on the, when I finished the game, there were still like two, a dozen or more thoughts i'd never thought and i was just thinking man like what did what effect does that have Mm -hmm. you know on the gameplay so i think there's a lot there i think i really want to keep talking about this (laughs) forever um maybe we'll have to do a series but i would like to move on to final thoughts and i'd like to end the thoughts so i want to hear from you two first so maybe uh sure well so how how would uh works again i guess we're all yeah, gonna so give we're it individual given an individual rating we do love uh like hate okay like dislike Just five point yeah. scale from hate to love there you go um you can give us a get where you're at i guess with the game yeah and, obviously my mine's is open to change yes. so this may not be definitive i'll do i'll do a bo- if i change my mind from this verdict I'll, i will do a bonus video to explain an why update. and we'll update <laughs> <laughs> so let, let's hear what you're um Final sure thoughts. yeah i mean so sometimes i think i have uh an issue with like it i beat the game 24 hours ago i guess oh, uh okay. well no maybe 36 hours ago from recording this um and i think i have issues sometimes with internalizing pieces of media or art that i'm completely bowled over by like 
oftentimes while I'm playing it and oftentimes immediately afterwards. Like I feel like sometimes I need uh, distance. I need sizzle time. You yeah. know, I need some distance to kind of take this reflection. But I think the important the important thing about this is that I do. Well, it can be, I guess you can liken it to sort of like a, a nuclear fallout after a bomb going off, you know, as far as like, when I, I felt like I was irradiated when I, you heard it here first, <laughs> <laughs> when I play or watch or read or listen to something that is like, wow, mm. like it's like this, it's like something goes off and I need that fallout time to yeah, go yeah, of course. Uh, in order to like really reflect on it to truly understand how it kind of affected me. But I think, I mean, the important thing here is that I'm saying that I felt like there were that, that radiation is still affecting you know i was irradiated uh and while maybe it's still i need some clarity on how it shook me it the game shook me like i uh it affected me much more than i anticipated i knew i mean there was all sorts of you know this game's great game of the year blah 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 but uh i mean for me it's it's i it's a thing that turned it on to myself where like it became more than a game, I guess, where mm. it turned into a self-reflection, a means mm. of self-reflection. Uh, and that's that's all you can ask from art. Yeah, I mean, it? for me, like, this isn't a question of if, if this is a great game. I and mean, this is a question for me of, like, of... Do like, I build a shrine to it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I think it's fair to say that this is, I, this is one of my favorite games I've ever played, I think, in, of having played whatever, how thousand of games or whatever. Um, and uh, so it's not a love. It's like a... <laughs> through obsession the, through the uh yeah. through the glass ceiling there i guess <laughs> but um you can disco elysium broke its own you glass can mark ceiling. it down as love kit <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, i do incidentally like that that being a feminist is an early thought cabinet option that you can oh. that you can internalize i haven't lo- unlocked it In- i think a it's called feminist <laughs> i think it's called inexplicable feminist or something where wow. you just you just start every conversation you just start introducing these <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah but what about how does it treat women? <laughs> and they're like, uh, weren't you asking for directions? Yeah. I think, um, so. yeah, I think it, it was a game that when I started playing it, like I say, I nearly didn't play this. I nearly was like, I went 10 minutes in and I was prepared to like, like message you and say, I don't think I can review this game. Like I, I had such a strong reaction to that opening. Um, but I'm glad, I'm really glad I stuck with it because very quickly after that, I think I got, like I say, when you meet Kim, and the reassurance you get from that interaction that actually, um, you know, this game has sympathy and empathy for its characters, particularly for the main character, and actually cares a lot. And it's not just here to, it's not just torture, and it's not exploitative, and it's not, you know, and it's not a joke either. Mm. Um, and I think. There, there's a lot I like about this game. Like, there's a lot, and but I think genuinely, like the main thing that that makes me respond to the way I have has been was Kim, and actually through all the politics and stuff, which is super interesting and stuff. But almost, but there's almost a, a degree to which that's almost academic, where it's like, oh yeah, this is, yeah. This is a lot of stuff. It's cool. But the thing that makes me care is like it finds it finds a really human element of you know, like, these two people, like, I mean, your character is really fucked up. Mm. And actually, this person, you know, just through some sympathy actually helps you do what you set out to do. Mm. And it's, I think it's a really, like, I think of all the ideology and stuff at work in this game, I think the most, like, profound thing about it was actually just saying, you know, like, if two people care for each other, they'll be okay. 
Yeah. Like that's just a really simple sentiment. But it's a really <laughs> simple already sentiment. But the gay way porn. Of oh that. yeah, of course. <laughs> I have it on my phone. I'll show you guys. Thanks. It's amazing. Um, which, by the way, that is canon. Uh, is it? Kim is is uh, is homosexual, which you realize if you internalize the homosexual underground thought, um, and then know. Kim opens up to you on a whole nother. Well, there's uh, a whole thing with an ex. Wasn't there a girl he liked as well? Well, he's on the spectrum clearly. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess it's. But. This is an in glasshouse investigation <laughs> for the future. So sorry, just just. But um, sure but yeah, I guess just it, like I think like that like very simple sentiment, and it's basically just explored in such incredible nuance. Um, like and like I say, I very few games really I think do a very good job of exploring mental illness. I think very few fic- little fiction actually yeah. does a really good job of exploring mental illness and how weirdly mundane and also completely absurd and strange that experience can be and so yeah i haven't finished it so this may change but i think where i'm landing on is yeah i love it um as as a love i think that core thing with kim just i think i liked it all but just that core thing just was like i have such a profound feeling for that game although although we spoiled a lot of it for you i can't wait to hear i want i want to hear what it's like for you when you finish it um i think it's safe to say i mean i love this game i love it i it ticks so many boxes for me i mean i think the in particular and we've talked around it a little bit but the 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 politics in this game the fact that the world feels so grounded and and not just that that it is point blank it is a game of the left and I love the fact mm-hmm. that for as somebody who, you know, who considers themselves on the non-authoritarian left, this is a game where we exist. You know, it's a game that the full gamut, you know, everyone yeah. from the, the, the bureaucratic authoritarians to the on the ground, like activists to the old revolutionaries to the, you know, if you've ever been around or adjacent to any spaces, social movement spaces or anything like that, this is a game that no chud could ever <laughs> could could ever just look at and dismiss easily because the because it's just deeply rooted in the experience of yeah. of these movements and of their failures and their successes and all of these things so to, to me as somebody who's interested in what i'd call like red history it, it's it's design it's you know it's designed for me in a sense right. I, when you when you're in the bunker in the final level and you find the you know the guy's reading list and his little pile of books and it says this is a bunch of life non-affirming leftist <laughs> theory i'm like oh my god i feel personally attacked <laughs> but i love that right under the the hat as well yeah the well ju- i just i feel that it, it's it could have gone in with a much more sort of explicit chip on its shoulder but instead it chose to Put to, to, to put to put a world out there that does have this richness and to it's not socialist realism it's not stalinist art it is a very like e- expressive emotive beautiful thing and i just found myself i mean there were flaws i found myself particularly at the very end of the game that that feeling of always being propelled forward and there's always something to do i had like a little bit right towards the end when i was just trying to wrap up some quests where i was like wow like i think i, I think i've completed the game because everyone no one's giving me new dialogue like there's not much left to do and i felt very you know sad about that but the fact that it kept me interested for so long the fact that i cared so much about the characters and the fact that you know by the authors in the studio's own admission they're drawing on all these fascinating you know they they i have a list here somewhere of all the different you know dashiell hammett the wire you know germinal which is an amazing book as well that i brought by Emil zola like they have so many uh 
influences and it's you know, again if if i call death stranding regrettably <laughs> of the world i mean this it's it's born of the world and it raises the standards for this kind of writing to such a degree that i it, you know i think in the reflection in the 2019 reflection video you had said something about how there is it feels like there's a pre and post dark souls moment mm. And I do feel that there's going to be a pre and post Disco Elysium moment mm. in terms of our understanding of what, you know, games writing is capable of. I, I think it did itself a disservice by the way it was advertised. And I see a lot of people, a minority, but there's people out there who are frustrated that the game isn't what they expected it to mm. be. But if you can accept that this is this basically long form adventure game kind of detective story. I think it's it's the best that the genre has to offer. I wanted to end because I've been trying to bring this up. Well, I think, I think we should in. mention that this yeah. this then requires that this is our this is our first unanimous love of Glass, Glass House, House games. Unanimous. I mean, love. what what can we say? This <laughs> Disco Elysium ticks all the boxes for me, and I think it's 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 going to be something we're talking about for ages. And I think yeah. there's so much, there's so many different paths through the game that we're still going to be. Yeah. I remember doing it for Bandersnatch going on forums and like reading what the alternate paths are. <laughs> I'm still, I've, I beat the game like two weeks ago and I'm still every day. I'm it's in my mind. It's occupying my thoughts and I'm, I'm finding myself. I am worried that those it, paths. Will have, it will ruin future RPG uh, writing for me. <laughs> That's uh, to be fair though. I think that about so many games, I'm like, oh, this will ruin, and it's like, no, nah, you I, definitely have a standard. Yeah, that you sure. want people to meet, but I don't think it. It detracts. I guess it's also the thing. It's like in those other games, there's other elements because this has no. I mean, it has mechanics, but it yeah. more has systems than it has mechanics. Yeah. Uh, I think we should probably wrap up. Yeah, unfortunately, because we have all the time. I want to read this thing. CG is going to spend the next four hours reading. I'm just going to. I'm just going to read this book to you guys. I want to read this thing because I know um, Robert Kurvitz also has a novel that's in Estonian called "The Sacred and Terrible Air" or something like that that should be coming out. I think this year that's set in the Disco Elysium universe. Hmm. It's it's such an interesting world. I, I know he said someday he wants to write the actual source book for this sort of D and D homebrew to be something that people can play with, hmm. but. If I can make any recommendation for further reading, check out Victor Sergei. He has like eight different novels plus like a memoir, Memoirs of a Revolutionary, which is a fascinating book. But I wanted to read this passage because to me, this is almost like this is the prequel. Mm. This is the prequel to Disco Elysium. It's like it reminds me of the bleakness and of the moment, the moment that the revolution briefly succeeded that preceded the destruction. So I'm just going to read that out Do if it. that's okay says, uh, I too sometimes crossed the frozen river on those Arctic nights. The pathway was silent underfoot. It was like moving through the void. I reflected that only yesterday we were nothing. Nothing, like the nameless men of the forgotten village which had vanished from these banks. Between that yesterday and the present, centuries seemed to have passed, or between the times of those men and our own. Only yesterday, countless lights were burning along these banks, inside rooms where the power, the wealth, and the pleasure of others reigned. We put out those lights, brought back primordial night, that night is our work. That night is us. We have entered it in order to destroy it. Each of us has entered it, perhaps have never to leave it. So many harsh, terrible tasks must be done, tasks which demand the disappearance of their performers. Let those who come after us forget us. Let them be different from us. Thus, what is best in us will be reborn in them. <sighs> God. There's, actually, there's even a character in the game who gives you a, a, a speech 
I wish I, I didn't write down the character that said the people who built this world intended it to be better for you, but they failed. It's easier to live in their, their failure with this by your side. It's not a childish fantasy. It can be a real weapon against what's coming for you now. I, I wish I remember. Kuno. Maybe, maybe it's Kuno. <laughs> but anyway, thank you guys for listening. That was a unanimous love from us. Uh, if you guys have any thoughts on Disco Elysium, feel free to post on glasshouse.games uh, or comments on the video. You can also email community at glasshouse.games if you have any further thoughts or tweet at GHG show and join the club. Um, we On the website, there will be <laughs> the ability to... Uh, see where all these games fall in in rankings in the future. And also we'll be instituting voting for uh, future retro games that we will be reviewing in the Retro Reflections show, as well as future members-only series and content. So thanks, everyone. Thank you, Sam, for appearing on this panel and Alex P. And thank you to Dan C. Parks for the music. So we will have another reflection next week. And what's my name? Alex CG. Talk again soon. And thanks, Kit. (laughs) <laughs> Solidarity <Thanks>. forever. <laughs>